Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. We are looking at the delightful subject of date night, not just with your loved one, but also with your money as well. Working together as a couple, uh, or indeed as an individual, or indeed with kids, to develop a better financial future based on clarity, transparency, and communication. I know you're going to enjoy this. See you on the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful companion and offsider, Mr. Mitchell Laurential. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. B. We're gonna get a little bit weird today. Hopefully you don't take this the wrong way, but I wanna chat about dating, date night. Date night with your money, more specifically. So if it's about dating, that's probably more up your street than mine these days, but yeah, <laughs> date night with your money, something that's incredibly important, and, and where do you start with this? I suppose it's, it's a, a big re- topic. It is, it's a, and it's a hugely important thing to do. Um, and we'll look at this from a, a singles perspective, we'll look at it from a couple's perspective, we'll look at it from a family perspective, because all three of those, I think, bring different merits to the conversation of something that, that is extremely important. It seems so simple, but it's something that so many people forget to do. So mm. I think before we touch on what date night is and how you should go about doing it, let's talk about what date night isn't. You know, what are most people doing? Because the fact of the matter is, a lot of people don't know where their waypoints are and they're really sort of drifting. Yeah, so end of the financial year or end of the calendar year, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever it might be, people often sit down and set their goals for the year, talk about what they're gonna do, and they maybe do take a cursory glance at where their money has been. And it'd be interesting if you were talking to uh, our listeners as we speak right now, how many of them know what return they made on their super last year, for example, and not knowing that, Look, it's, it's not a multiple choice test where you get the dunce cap if you don't know, but it's your money. You should have an idea of how it's growing and what's going on. So the idea uh, of maybe checking once a year or a couple of times a year is actually quite a tricky thing. Um, let's back out of that just for a second. Let's say you've got a goal and maybe your goal at retirement was to have $200,000 uh, cash outside of super. Let's just say that was your goal. And you're 59, you're retiring at 65, and currently you've got 20 grand. You've got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, so this is where you're at, and your goal is is right here. To, to get to that goal, you're gonna have to take a fairly dramatic change of course, probably more risk, uh, a more aggressive investment strategy. At just the time in your life, you probably shouldn't be doing that. And if you actually look at it in a slightly different way, if we talk about flying, and we've got quite a large number of clients that are pilots over the years, uh, and they've kept us safe in the sky, and we've certainly kept them safe with their money. Let's say you're flying from Brisbane to Perth. You know, it's a five, six hour flight, depending on the wind. And for about 90%, I didn't have, to, I didn't realize this, I was actually chatting with one of our pilots uh, who, who was a pilot with Virgin. And, uh, and he was saying for about 90% of that flight, the aircraft is actually off course. Are you serious? Mm. Which is terrifying when you're sort of sitting, that is there, terrifying. sitting there having a gin and tonic or glass of wine and going, and, 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 and you're actually off course. You're, you're not, in Brazil somewhere. Not quite, no. You could be <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that there's a date night, if you will, with, 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 with you flying. And what they call it in the travel industry or flying industry, it's called a waypoint. So periodically, they'll realize they're off course and, and, and take small corrective action to get back on course. And then there's a crosswind, blows you off course, you recorrect. So for the vast majority of the flight, you're just simply recorrecting to stay on course. And of course, then you get to touch down uh, in beautiful Perth, not a problem, you're on, on point. But if you didn't check in through that five hours and just let that crosswind just blow you wherever, and you sort of, oh, we should be on approach right now, Oh, we're a bit off course, we're sort of 700 kilometers south of where we need to be, you're gonna have to hit a pretty hard right and, 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 and you know, it's a pretty dramatic correction that sure. you're taking. Well, the same principle is true with money. Now, so, so what you're saying is, if you're having a date with your money at the end of the financial year, or maybe once per year, it's yeah. kind of too long because a lot can happen in that point. Absolutely, it's way too long a gap. Uh, and if you find yourself off course, 
you've got to take a more dramatic form of action to get yourself back where you should be. And remember, some people don't ever really check in with us. They just rub along and assume it's all going okay. And, and you know, one of the things that the Royal Commission on Earth more than anything is for a lot of people, it was far from okay. You can charge fee for no service uh, with some of the companies out there and, and various things in that space. Uh, and it was far from okay. So if you haven't been regularly checking in and, and, and taking that corrective action, those waypoints to get back on track, all of a sudden your finances blow out of the water and you're a mile away from where you want to be. So that brings about this whole concept of date night with your money. I've been doing this for years, probably 25 years, and, 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 and the circumstances around it changed. You know, 25 years ago, I was single, very single. So when You I, were like me. I was. I aspire to be like you, Mitch. I can't turn the clock back, unfortunately. Those, <laughs> those chiseled good looks. So you see we're on a date night, so I'm giving you some world-class chat. You're so kind. Yeah, it's gushing. It's sickening, isn't it? Um, so 25 years ago... As, as a single man, my waypoints were, or, or rather my, my goals were in a certain space. Um, certainly being younger, you're more aggressive, most likely with your investing. I'd had property in London, I was looking to gear up on that. I was in markets heavily, professionally, and also what I was doing outside of that. So as, as a sort of lone wolf, it's quite easy to keep on track of where you're at, but it still can be important to check in there. Uh, and some of the marker points on there, you know, looking at, for example, if you've got a financial planner, what do they charge you for the year? A lot of them, like the lazy money, you know, here's 2% uh, charge for funds under management, whether we've done anything or not. And, and go to them and go, look, I think I'm paying too much in the way of fees here. You need to sharpen your pencil and get a better deal. Uh, and I love deals, so that sure. was me all the time. So what should you be looking for as a lone wolf specifically? Because mm. there's obviously that spans across a few areas. Mm. And how often should you be looking? Yeah, I think when it's just you and your money, it's, it's a lot easier because you're typically more aware of it um, and, and, and there's not a, a further party to have to have the conversation with as to where you're at. Um, but yeah, monthly is a good time frame. Set yourself individual goals, whether it's a savings goal. For a lot of young people, it might be saving to get into the property market. Sure. How is that going? But what are you doing with your cash where you're saving? You've got to be getting that working. There's no point holding it in the bank at 0.1% a year. You've got to get it working as well. So what does your action plan look like for that to perhaps drop you down into your first house? So yeah, that sort of thing, regular reviews to ensure that you're on track and you're moving closer towards your goal because if you're not getting closer to a goal, you're actually getting further away from it. Sure. So so single, fairly easy. When you start to move into a, a committed relationship, um, again, it gets a lot tougher. Much tougher. Now, this is hypothetical for you. So as you move into a committed relationship. This is 40 years away for me. We'll see how the mighty can fall. <laughs> um, you'll be a good Italian boy. You'll be settling down in no time and giving your parents some grandchildren. Jeez, you sound like my mum. I'm dating my mum right now. <laughs> so um, as you move into a committed relationship, now I, I guess everyone's definition of commitment, you know, joking aside, is, is very, very different. You know? and, and, and you know, if you're living with somebody or they become a de facto partner where you've been together for a period of time, it's a financially committed relationship, maybe you've got children together, or you've been more traditional and you've gone down the marriage route, we did a podcast on this too, mm. moving in together, being in a relationship. Yeah, look, I mean, there are certain milestones in there and actions to take, but as you move into that, that date night with your money is very, very important as a couple. If you're both contributing toward the mortgage, if you're contributing towards the savings, um, if, if, if one is having a period of time off work for whatever reason, whether it's to have a family or someone's having a career break or whatever it may be, both being on the same page and saying, look, this is where our budget's at, this is where our goal's at. And how I'd recommend people do that once a month, make it fun. This is the key thing. This isn't about getting the clipboard out and the calculator and go, you spent 36 cents more than you should have done at Coles last week. This is about keeping on track for that big picture 
uh, by just making those adjustments on a regular basis. So once a month, go out for dinner, have a nice bottle of wine, go to a nice restaurant, and for part of your time out there, sketch out where you're at. I love restaurants that have got those um, paper tablecloths, especially now I've got four kids. Like they a child, out. you can draw on Yeah, them. and absolutely, and, and, and there are so many things that I've done. There used to be, um, there's a great one that used to be in Tedder Avenue in Main Beach on the Gold Coast, and after footy training, the restaurant. Went, yep, lemongrass, paper tablecloth, every Wednesday I'd just be mapping out my business plan while I was having dinner there, and it was, a, anyway, that's my journey. Um, getting back to as a couple working through and going, okay, you know, how are our savings going and, and what are we deploying them to do is, is something that's very, very important. And part of the reason for that in a lot of relationships, usually there's one person that tends to look after the money and the other party is blind to it. Uh, and, and it's collectively your money. And the more both parties are on side, the more you're pulling together rather than fighting about it and, and getting things moving ahead. And that's why at, at Australian Investment Education, we like you to bring your partner through our training so you're on the same page exactly uh, right. and get that sort of support. So those waypoints, some of the things to look for, you know, take your bank account. Are you in a bank account that charges you a, an account keeping fee every month? And if that's the case, it's probably 10 or 20 bucks. There's nothing, but you've probably got three or four bank accounts. So that's 80 bucks a month. Times 12, there's $1,000 in the can just by reducing it to a zero uh, holding fee account. Very simple thing to do. But that stuff all adds up. And if you then take that $1,000, you can invest that. And if you're smart at what you do, at the end of the first year, that could be a 1300 bucks. And if you continue to compound it going out, it adds up and it may be a holiday for you and your partner at some point in time. Simple thing. And it's free money because it was what you were paying that you don't need to. So these sort of checks and balances in play all the time are pretty important. And that's that's at the earlier stages. But as you start to move down the line, um, one of the things I've noticed, and we've had you know, a lot of clients come through in this situation, same thing, one partner's looked after the money and they've had a bereavement, the partner has died, and they've been left high and dry not knowing where anything is. And that sort of vulnerability is, is, is very, very challenging for the surviving partner. Um, a, um, you're in an emotional state of grief, and B, there are decisions that need to be made around money and you've actually got no idea where it is or what's been going on and you don't know whether you're in a position to continue to support your kids or to support yourself or whether you're going to have to be able to stay in the house you're in or whatever it may be. These are huge strings and huge stress points for a lot of people. Whereas had you have that regular con- conversation about money monthly just to check things are on track, there's no surprises there for you totally across it. And that's something that's extremely important from a legacy perspective. Um, you know, and, and it's a great strength in a relationship too. One of my clients, and hats off to this particular guy, I love spending time chatting with him, he loves travel as much as I do, he loves his Tesla, he'll know who I'm talking about here. <laughs> he, he, and his, he and his wife, he finds the trades, but his wife does all the trading itself in terms of the execution of it. And the reason they've set things up like that is if something happens to him, she's got total control of where the money is. And it's sure. such a smart strategy, very smart guy, and a lovely guy. And it's so good to see how their relationship works. You know, even to the point when they came in and did the training with us and, and just seeing the dynamic between them. It, and it just shows that communication just fosters great trust. And by adding one-on-one, you get three in terms of not butting heads, you're moving things along the line. And I guess that's the challenging part there is trust mm. because it's all good and fine to sit down once a month and chat about the money. However, if one partner's been out spending a little bit more than what they should or doing things that you know maybe not mm. suitable to the plan, how do you kind of overcome those boundaries and, and take out those hurdles? Well, that's an interesting one too, isn't it? Because yeah, if someone is uh, a little bit heavy on the card, for example, and it's left unchecked, you know, that waypoint can be moving way out of line. If you have that conversation, and, and any good relationship is based on trust and it's based on the ability to communicate effectively, you know, not fight about it, but actually talk about it and say, listen, yeah, we're trying to get to this goal. You hit the card a bit hard this month. Um, you know, maybe you didn't need that 
or it wasn't in the budget. And if you need it, that's cool, but we just got to factor it in elsewhere. Sure. Again, it builds that level of, of, of openness as opposed to hiding something. And I've had a client uh, a, a number of years ago now, a great person, um, whose partner went ballistic uh, with the credit cards. You know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of that's debt. That's ballistic. Mm. Undisclosed to the other partner. And all of a sudden, when it did come to the fore, it's a major problem, and a major problem financially and relationship-wise, because sure. trust is gone. And you know, you only trust somebody once. So it's a very, very tricky situation. You're better off being on the same page and being able to communicate. And I know we're making, you know, the idea of romance. We're flattening it out to numbers on a balance sheet, but our role with money and investing is to help our clients enjoy financial success. And, and by working together as a team, you're going to get much further along the line. If you've got trust. It's far less likely if you're open and you've got trust and you're working together with your financial goals that you're going to end up parting ways. And uh, you know, rule number one for financial success: don't get divorced. Right. <laughs> and the best way to avoid that is to have an open, honest, trusting relationship where you communicate, especially about money. Or remain a lone wolf like me. But parking that to the side for a second. What about some other? Your time will come, my I friend. I know it will. I know it will. Other important components we can talk about: self-managed super, mm. for example, education. I mean, mm. they're kind of big picture. Yeah. Um, you know, topics that need discussing. What's your advice in that instance? Look, self-managed super is slightly different again. Um, you know, self-managed super, if both parties are involved in it or it's a family super, so it might be two parents and two kids, I think four family members is the limit on that at the moment. Each of those parties are a trustee and they're supposed to be across what's going on. So if you and your partner um, are trustees of your super, that's another thing to, uh, to do. Uh, and you have to do it. You have to be across what investment strategy you're doing and how it's performing. It's your obligation legally. But again, don't think about this as sitting in the boardroom at the accountant's office with the calculator and all the numbers on the table. Make it fun. So maybe you know, a good example of this, you know, let's say you've got a, an amount in your super and you're looking to buy some commercial premises so that one or other party can run their business out of those commercial premises. So effectively you're renting from your super, you've got to pay a commercial rent and all the rest of it. Yeah, that discussion might be about location. It might be about the yield on it. It might be about, you know, can we sublet? You don't need all that space for your business and we can park it and have two forms of income coming into that. Sure. All those sorts of things and you know, again, it's, it's, it's not super sexy. You know, get the money side of it sorted out. Take your 15, 20 minutes to do the money part of the day and then get onto the fun stuff uh, and, and everything that goes alongside that. Um, but you know, that regular discussion around it is very, very important. And the same as we talked about the idea of legacy you know, within self-managed super, if your kids are part of it, um, being able to pass the baton on how to manage money effectively. It, you know, the money is, Money, if, particularly if you've been successful and you've got a lot of it, there's a heavy responsibility that comes with that called stewardship of making sure that you don't just go to your kids, here's 10 million bucks, off you go. Um, and some people might go, how, how cool is that? That's not really what you want to do because they don't understand the value of it, they don't understand how it's been generated and they won't respect it. Whereas if you've brought them up in an environment where they can see how that capital has worked to generate more income, what you're going to do is be able to create a legacy so that that inheritance, instead of being you know, the new sports car uh, and a trip to Ibiza in the summer months uh, for, for, for Northern Europe, becomes something a little bit more smart than that and, and, and actually is put to good use and, and managed in a good way. So with that, a question mm. on that. I mean, we talk about having date night with your partner on money. What mm. about having date night with your kids? Do you involve them in a certain age so that they mm. gradually understand the meaning of money or do you keep them out of it? I think that there are a lot of different stages in that. Um, you know, and you start to talk intergenerational, it's a slightly different date. You know, that's family dinner as opposed to date night. So right. you know, if we put a ribbon around what to do with your partner, I think we've covered that reasonably well. Making sure you're on track and you're both aware of it. 
great for trust, great to know that you're working together as a team. More importantly, if something happens to one or other of you, you're both across it, and that can be very, very important, um, and, and so on and so forth from there. Lone Wolf, pretty straightforward. You're across your finances. You still need to check in and make sure they're there. Moving into that next phase of legacy outside of date night, um, that's a huge responsibility and educating your kids on, on what to do. When do you start doing that? And as it happens, my daughter this week, she's, she's just turned six and she's just lost um, her first tooth. The milk tooth's come out and there of course the tooth fairy came around. Five bucks these days for Five a Can you, What was it in your time? I think, oh, I mean, there were some kids at my school getting $50. There were also kids getting 50 cents like myself. So mm. really, I mean, it was pre pretty good to some, not to others. Yeah, I, I think it was about 10 or 20p in my time. It's not uh, bad. Pence, you know, inflation, uh, link it, yeah, maybe 50 cents is all right, isn't it? So, so she's got this this $5 and she's sort of thinking to herself, now this one's getting a bit wobbly. I think she's, she's a budding entrepreneur. <laughs> she's got a few hundred bucks worth of choppers going on there. Um, uh, There's the, a sure payout now. We've set that precedent at five. Um, and, and, and it's interesting because she's, she was talking to me in the car on the way to school this morning that what she wants to do with that $5. Uh, and she's not of an age where she understands investing sure. or savings yet. Uh, but that time is going to come fairly soon. And I reckon seven or eight turning it into the savings game is probably where we want to we kind of want to be uh, with, with, with our kids. You might start early, you might start later. Um, but those milestones also need to change too. You can't treat a 15-year-old the same as you can a seven or eight-year-old. So you know, with someone that's a little older, the education aspect is almost more important than the actual dollars themselves to understand that there's a machine and a process behind that. So yeah, make, a, make it a, a, a sort of um, play date with your kids that's educational about the, the, the money side of things is important, you know? And you know, as I say, when, when, when our kids are around that seven, eight year old stage, I think you know, that ability to start saving and understanding why it's important to save uh, is important. And you know, we've already started to go into some of the sort of stories around that. Now we've got a farm and we talk about you know, what a lot of the animals do when they hibernate. So they, they get their eggs or, or, or nuts or whatever it might be together and, and they go hibernate for the winter and then they've got a stock to dive into um, when spring comes around. And I think that sort of analogy into money for small kids is the way to go. Obviously it changes as they get older, but I do think that that time spent talking about it, money is not a dirty subject to talk about. It's not a bad subject, it's very, very important. And being able to do it in a way that's fun and accessible is key. And date night, certainly from a, a couple's perspective, is the way to go. Maybe you might have a, a glass of um, sparkling water on your own and a, and a nice salad, nice and healthy, and yeah. sit there and look at your savings account and your property portfolio and your trading account, and that would work. And, uh, and that's okay if you're on your own, but if you're involving somebody else, there's gotta be a draw card. Make it fun, make it light, and then start to build momentum so it does become that habit so it's something you do all the time and, and then it just becomes something that's on autopilot which isn't something you've got to think about, it isn't a chore and when you start to see the pot of gold growing uh, at the end then it's well worthwhile doing. Different kettle of fish with the kids, it's not romantic, it's not date night but that sort of play date time might be the way that you couch it there but Certainly. a very similar process along the way for sure. Moral of the story is keep up to date with what you're doing and I think what you mm. said then is, is entirely true. It kind of fuels the fire because you see where you are now and then the next mm. goal is created, the next one, the next one, and all of a sudden you're in a much better position. Mm. AB, look, great advice today, and we are coming to the end of the broadcast. Now, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are out there are thinking, how the hell do I learn how to do this and where do I start? Mm. So to finish this off, what would be your advice? Pick a good bottle of wine, pick a nice restaurant, have a few candles, make it fun, get dressed up, take a pride in yourself, put some aftershave on. Oh, and by the way, I've just got to update you on how we're going <laughs> with our investments. 
I don't know. I mean, I guess that comes down to you know, how you and your partner work uh, together in terms of communication and whatnot. But you know, the, the, the absolute worst case scenario of doing this, you get to spend one-on-one -on -one time with your partner, which you can talk openly, maybe without the kids being around, about a future together. And that kind of pathway where you're talking about future direction with a commitment, in my experience in relationships, is something that puts an enormous amount of fuel in the fire because you can see that you're working together. There's a bigger picture. You are aiming for something. And that promised land, whether or not you get there, is a great place. God, my heart is full. Thank you very much, Mr. B. I've really enjoyed this date. I think I'd like a second one if you'd be open to that. Mind if I get your number? If I'm not busy next week, maybe I might give you a call. Great place to start. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. B. Absolute pleasure. My pleasure, Mitch. Anytime. There you have it, guys. That's Date Night with Money. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll see you on the show next week.